You're listening to Popcorn Ronin with Roger and Vince. Every two weeks, they give their thoughts on movies, TV, and anime. in Chicago, and something that you can't quite explain is hunting you. There's really only one person you can turn to. His office door states his credentials quite plainly, offering many the opportunity to mock him. That is until they require his services. Harry Dresden, wizard. Based on the hugely popular urban fantasy novels by Jim Butcher, the Dresden Files follows the exploits of Harry Dresden, the only practicing wizard in Chicago, who routinely offers his services to the Chicago PD working alongside Lieutenant Murphy. The series ran on the Sci-Fi Channel for one short season in 2007 and starred Paul Blackthorne in the titular role. Fans of the show were very disappointed when the series was not picked up for a second season, and I maintain that not only could it make a comeback, in the right hands of course, but that Blackthorn, based on his performance in Arrow, could still wield Dresden's long jacket and hockey stick. Now, this is one of those series for us, much like Firefly, which one day we're covering on this goddamn show. I don't know why we still haven't, but one day we will. Is a series that we have to rewatch every year or two because... Well, obviously, it's not that long, so it's not hard to binge through to enjoy it. And if Netflix has done anything for North American and maybe society as a whole, is we are much more adept at binge-watching now than ever. But it's also one of those shows that is so fantastic. And if you are a fan of the character of Dresden, be it because you've read the novels or listened to the audiobooks or read the comics, it's it's everywhere – it's just fantastic to watch every time. I can't tell you how many times we've watched it, and yet every time we finish it, and I look forward to that next watching. I don't know if you're in the same boat. This is actually the first time I've rewatched the series since it first aired. Really? Yeah. Holy crap. But you read the books as well. Yeah, my my introduction to the franchise was actually through the TV series. A buddy of mine said, hey, Sci-Fi Channel's got this new series about a wizard in Chicago. I was like, well, that sounds kind of stupid. <laughs> I checked it out one night, and it was fun. And the series ended, and that was that. And I was walking through the bookstore one day, and they had a big display set up of the Dresden Files. You know, you've seen the TV series. I was like, oh, okay, I'll check some of these out. I was hooked. Like, I bought the first book, went back two days later to buy, like, the next three <laughs> I always made sure I had the next book on hand so that I could start it as soon as I finished the previous one. Because <laughs> that was, I want to say, the first nine books were out at the time, or the first eight and the ninth was just coming out, something like that. So I had a lot to read through in, honestly, a few weeks. <laughs> yeah, see, we I've read the first one and part of the second, but then what we started doing is we were listening actually to the audiobooks. Mm-hmm. Now, not only because... It's convenient and just kind of fast and easy. My wife actually listens to them 
all the time, the, the audio books, literally on repeat, some of them. She's listened to the books often enough that she's piecing together what happens because she's listening while she's doing other things. So she'll miss bits. <laughs> and then later on when she's listening to a second time, oh, that, that scene makes sense now. But she loves them as well. And when we go on trips especially too, we, we listen to the novels, the audiobooks, because they're so spectacularly well done. Like, we've listened to a lot of audiobooks, and, I mean, most of them are good. Obviously, the people who record them are quite good. But the voice actor they got for this one, and it's uh, James Marsters, does the voice so perfectly. Like, you picture, and and you kind of picture, actually, Blackthorn. He just nails it beautifully. And they had actually offered him the role before, but he didn't want to move to Canada. He didn't, well, not necessarily Canada, Toronto. And like I was telling you before, I don't blame him for that. <laughs> if he got the role. So that's, it went then to Paul Blackthorne, who I think, I don't think you could find a better actor for the role. I mean, he doesn't fit exactly how it's described in the Yeah, he, the he's books. not a physical match for Harry, but. But in in spirit and in absolutely. how he, he, that's it. That's That's the only Harry I will ever see in my mind. And again, I think that. Because I don't know if they still own the rights, the Sci-Fi Channel. Lord knows there's been many other books since. And their popularity has only grown over time. I think that it's at a point now where people are really into, again, more so than before, urban fantasy. Toss in a new season of, of, of this and see how it goes. I think that it could do very, very well, actually. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a strange concept, but we've seen weirder things work. It's just a matter of, you know, finding the right team and treating it seriously. Like, And I think the series did a good job of, yes, this is kind of a goofy premise, but it works in the books because the books treat it as just, you know, this is the way things are. They, they take it seriously as, yeah, this guy's a magician, magic exists, but we're setting it in a modern urban setting and that's what really makes it work so if you can have a tv series that comes with the same approach like this did just hopefully with maybe a slightly larger budget (laughs) then i think it could do well yeah what worked as well was that especially with the the actress they got for murphy um, murphy was amazing valerie cruz she embodies that link to the audience that is skeptical Mm -hmm. and yet still willing to a certain degree to believe, or even if it's not even always talking about that, and listen, I believe what's going on, but just kind of accepting it and not questioning always. There's certain things that she really questions a lot, wanting the truth about what's happening, but there's certain elements that you saw over the span of those episodes where she's kind of all right with not knowing certain things as well, because it's too much for Right. Like, this is a thing. <laughs> I accept it, but I need you to make it fit into my world. Exactly. My reality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, she had a phenomenal growth across these episodes, which once again makes me wonder what would have happened had we gotten a second season. Because if you look at everything that she goes through, especially early on with that possession mm-hmm. and how it had affected her in future episodes where – she was really having a hard time coming to grips with not just this, that this kind of magic exists, but what it did to her very specifically. And, and I really love that about that series. Again, 
2007, not that long ago. But in terms of TV shows and what they were doing, some of the things that they did by holding on to certain elements like that, not necessarily even harping on it all the time, but referencing it as the series goes on, was really well done. And it was something that made it so that if you were watching the series from the beginning, even though they screwed up which episodes aired in which order, much like, again, Firefly, (laughs) you still had this attachment then to the characters because you could appreciate what they'd gone through earlier kind of thing. And and again, I really love that. Yeah, the the cast top to bottom was very strong and it definitely added to the overall success. I, again, when we listen to the books, that's not Bob. (laughs) <laughs> Bob is Terrence Mann. That is Bob. And it's one of those things where damn near every scene he's in, he steals. And much like Morgan as well, Conrad Coates, beautiful performance. Just fantastic as that stoic council member that has to be hard on Harry and still doesn't trust him because of the events with his uncle. And yet, as the series grows on, it isn't affection, but it's respect building that you can see. Very subtle things throughout that are exceptionally well done, again, in terms of the character dynamics between each other. Morgan, I that was my, my best part of rewatching the series. I remembered him from my initial rewatch and then seeing his character in the books, you know, be along those same lines, but obviously more expanded with the, you know, he was in, God, I forget how many of the books he was featured in and then coming back and still having that exact same image of Conrad Coates as Morgan. Like that's, that's the one constant from the TV series to the books that I really carried over was that's Morgan. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's true. But for me again, it's Bob, freaking Bob. (laughs) (laughs) Because the James Marshall does a, a slightly different voice, obviously for Bob in the books. And every time I hear him, do the voices like you're not Bob you're not (laughs) fooling anybody (laughs) and uh, as the series progresses as well it starts off again with the boy who comes to him believing that the the monsters are after him and you start off right from the get-go understanding that there are forces in this world that you don't understand and then you move on to the ghost and then it kind of It's kind of like those first few episodes. Yes, there's some supernatural in it, but they're prepping you for the big story arc that's going to be coming, Mm -hmm. where you've got your werewolves, your vampires, you've got the gang wars coming up. So much is happening, and it's funneling, it's slowly kind of funneling you into what becomes that much larger story arc. A lot of it pertaining within this season, again, the vampires and Bianca and things like that, but done in such a way that you're eased into it so that once you get to that point and you find out more about Harry's relationship with Bianca as well and what happened when they first met and things like that, it's so much easier to deal with and to accept as that reality into that war. 
I, I will say, though, uh, coming back to the series after reading the books, that's the one thing that really threw me off was being reminded of that relationship between Harry and Bianca, right. because their interactions in the book are vastly different from what we see here in the show. I kind of like this. I felt that it worked. I, it, It's one of those things I... I can't quite separate it, so I'm not sure. Like, on first watch through, again, it didn't bother me because I didn't, you know, I didn't know it. <laughs> what the Red Court of Vampires and the, the White Court of Wizards, uh, <laughs> their interactions in the book definitely cast these, this in a much different light. Yeah, well, that's actually something that Butcher talked about when the series was coming out as well, letting people know, like, this is kind of a parallel universe oh, yeah, for Dresden, and you have to accept that it's going to be different. So, and and if you don't, you're screwed. And I found that as well when you're listening to the books and whatnot, got to somewhat, with the exception of Bob, <laughs> remove the TV show from your mind. But, uh, but yeah, no, I, I really liked the relationship that he had with the, I don't want to say the species, but the entities that he's hunting, essentially, or mm-hmm. trying to stop or whatever. And it, I think that it fits being filmed in Chicago as well because you have all of these essential turf wars and gang wars and different things with the supernatural that kind of mirrors what has been happening in that city, you know, like the, that, that whether it was the mafia or whatever Mm -hmm. gang related wars there were there. So this just kind of tosses that in, but because he's not with the PD, he kind of skirts around the rules a lot and finds that maybe mutual respect is the wrong term, but that that mutual footing where things aren't resolved, but we can move on and just kind of let it go. And you stay on your side, I'll stay on my side, which again fits very well with that idea of of gang wars and different things. And I I felt that the parallel was so well done that I I was fully behind whatever changes that they made that weren't exact to the books. Yeah, that's where the show, if it had gotten a second season, like it missed out on not having that Johnny Marcone character of the completely mortal gang boss who is deep into all the supernatural turf wars and stuff. Because that he's as much of a connection to that side of things as Murphy is to, you know, the more wizardy side of things. So, like, I, I, that's the biggest missed opportunity of the series of not being able to further tell its story is the Johnny Marcone character is so important on that side. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. And it is something that would have really expanded it into a, a second season because mm-hmm. like I, I don't, I don't know, but I would assume based on what we see here in this season that they probably expected that there would be another season. Yeah, because there there wasn't a whole lot of you know resolution to to some of the stuff here. Well, not just it, the, it was definitely laying down building blocks for future. Exactly, but not just that. But if you look at it in in terms of in comparison to say uh, a Netflix a Netflix series, uh, be it Daredevil or or Jessica Jones or, or whatever. Now, granted, they've gotten that formula down pat now now that and maybe they didn't then however these series where they know listen it's a one season whatever very dense very well planned everything and not a lot of wiggle room whereas this in addition to 
these turf wars, in addition to all of the stuff with his uncle, Morning Way, and all of that storyline, which was phenomenal, you get the little odd episodes, like where he's he needs to get his PI license, <laughs> which guested uh, Claudia Black, which I thought was fantastic. Uh, it was a fun episode, but again, it's one of those where in completely superfluous to any big story arc that you're going to do. So again, it led me to believe, oh, okay, they're definitely going to want to do a second season, obviously, if they're just kind of screwing around with these little off episodes, which, while still enjoyable, certainly aren't helping with the storyline. Right. So that's, again, setting you up for a fall there. (laughs) It's like, no, no, really, (laughs) stand on that carpet right there. I'm not going to pull it out from under you. Just (laughs) don't worry about it. So the... Other part that I was just mentioning as well was, of course, the part with his uncle. And while it's kind of hinted early on, and you see some scenes with his um, his father, who was a muggle magician, not a real magician, <laughs> um, and 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 you see that relationship that he has with Harry and whatnot, and then you get to find out about his uncle, Justin Morningway, who is a very powerful wizard. And you get that story arc as well, which sheds light on why the council does not trust Harry and why a lot of people don't trust him and because of the black magic. So considering the how light the story is, despite the brutal murders, because of Harry's sense of humor and the way that he deals with things and the way that it, the, the, the show is written. When you get to these parts where it's darker and darker, it's still done so well and you still have faith in Harry as a character because it's built over X amount of episodes that like you're you're quite invested at this point and you really want to know what in fact did happen. Now, I wasn't crazy about Morning Way coming back, that kind of thing. It it fit in as an interesting episode. Mm-hmm. I wasn't as crazy about that. But man, all the stuff leading up to that, absolutely adored. And not just that, but all the the build up to that of yeah. you know, the 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 half truths and the unanswered questions and like especially like Bob's little one off lines are in the earlier episodes when Harry's dealing with some darker magics and it definitely builds to that big episode with you know the flashback to you know Harry and his self defensing of himself yeah. and it, it it's a great payoff yeah definitely. For me personally, my favorite episode was the one with with Mai when she's hurt and yes. gets brought back. I agree. Yeah. I it was one of those episodes where again it's there's lead up to it to a certain degree, but not too too much. But a lot of it is just in terms of okay, now you know that the characters like Morgan and May really don't like him. And May being, of course, a, an ancient wizard, potentially a dragon, which I thought was <laughs> <laughs> when they said that, it was like, I want to know more about what you just said. <laughs> there better be a second season just for that because you don't just drop that <laughs> on someone. And so when she gets hurt. Well, listen, for the record, in I think it was the second book, a dragon was just casually dropped into one scene and never mentioned again. And fans are still <laughs> trying to figure that one out. Well, that's this. <laughs> So it's like, whatever, all right. Um, but anyways, yeah, so the, the the whole 
thing with reality changing and them his apartment office being taken off the grid and the blackness kind of folding in and trying to figure out who is at the root of of this, what is going on and whatnot. In terms of the writing, it was beautifully done because again, everything is restricted to like one very small space. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of like a play. And so your character conversations had better be on point and performances, obviously, for it to have any meaning or impact. And with the weight of the darkness slowly coming more and more inside and starting to suffocate the cast, the remaining cast, as they're in that, that hole, the tension in that episode was palpable. It was unbelievably well done and obviously a great best episode of all of them. And even years later before I'd rewatched, that was the one episode that I absolutely remembered from first seeing the show. Like it stuck with me because it was that powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so, uh, yeah, uh, again, there's not a ton to talk about. It's not a, a massive series, but it is definitely one that if you've not yet watched, definitely go out and pick it up because it's, very well written, directed, acted. I can't think of a single episode that I did not enjoy and also enjoy a lot. And uh, the, the werewolf one doesn't hold up. Okay, well, <laughs> yeah, ten years later, the CGI was pretty shoddy back then. Yeah, well, that you got kind of it's like watching old Star Trek episodes. Seriously, <laughs> they don't always hold up, but entertaining still yes yeah because it's still a very good story well that's the thing too it's from the books it is schlocky it embraces mm-hmm. its schlockiness so it works with this as well as we were just talking off air about dark matter that i've started watching and thoroughly enjoy but the obvious comparison not just to firefly but to farscape and there's a series there that was so much fun to watch. But when you first started watching it, I don't know about you, but I groaned and thought, oh, my God, this is the <laughs> schlockiest thing I've ever. There's a Muppet on this sci-fi spaceship. But it's like they were trying to make a satire of Babylon 5. Yeah. Is how it originally read. But then after a few episodes, you don't even think of him as a Muppet anymore. And you really, again, embrace that schlockiness of it. And that was this that's that really dives into the deep end of these ridiculous concepts more recently we've seen the same thing with supernatural where it's like just jump in the shark forever and they embrace it so you have fun with it and this pre was the preclude to that i feel in many ways i think that this showed the people who worked on Supernatural that that formula can work and you can really have a lot of fun with it at the same time. Yeah, that's kind of given the blueprint. I, I Since I don't watch Supernatural, I didn't quite draw that comparison. But now that you mentioned it, I can definitely see it. Yeah, we've watched all of the Supernaturals. We started in on them a few seasons late. But it's one of those things where... <laughs> After everybody tells you, no, no, seriously, it gets better. <laughs> no, you know what's funny is... <laughs> I thought of it as, again, just a couple of pretty boys hunting demons things. And so when my girls told me about it, I thought, eh, not for me. Good for you. And then it wasn't until I think it was in season five that my wife and I started watching it. And it was just the two of us. And initially, she's the one that started watching it because the girls have been telling her to watch it. 
And I started watching because I'm on the couch with her. So we were watching. And you realize before long, no, like these guys do not take themselves seriously. The show kind of does just to have fun with it, but it works throughout. And again, it's going back to the idea of when rewatching this, you can see some similarities and you can see how Supernatural, one would assume, drew a lot of inspiration from a lot of the things that actually happened in this series. Mm-hmm. So any parting thoughts on this? No, just uh, definitely reiterating that it's worth checking out. It's pretty pretty quick to get through. And then if you do like it, there's tons more of media oh God, yeah. for the franchise that is waiting for you. Come join us. <laughs> there... Need more people to discuss crazy end of the world conspiracy theories with. <laughs> the comics, especially for this, have been a lot of fun to read mm-hmm. and surprisingly well-written and offer you kind of just a a glimpse into a story arc. And you don't have to know everything that's going on and into his history and whatnot. And here's just a glimpse of this is some weird shit that's going on in Aries' life as it's bound to happen and, and really enjoyable. So. See, especially for me, more so than the show, the comics have really shaped my perception of the Dresden universe because the art is fantastic. And now it's just mentally those images of the characters are for me like when molly first showed up i was like it it completely changed my perception of the character just based on how she was drawn in the comics and as well as some of the other characters too and if you are reading the books um while you can just pick up books if you've missed some kind of things later on and and still enjoy them i can tell you from experience like my wife has been listening to a lot more of them than i i do because (laughs) I'm still working and she's off. So she just listens during the day. So she gets through quite a few of them. And when we went on our last big trip there, it was a seven and a half hour trip there and back. We listened to, oh God, it's far off. It's like one of the last few. And I'm listening and I'm, I'm hearing a lot about characters that I know mm-hmm. from the early ones that I read, but it's like, holy crap, a lot has happened. What the hell is going on here? <laughs> I've missed yeah. a lot. And even Karen was saying, my Karen, not the Karen from the books, um, was saying <laughs> that like we when we were setting up the book, because she was driving, so I was just going through her iPad and I found the book and I, I started it, and she wasn't sure which one she was on, and we skipped the next one that she would have been listening to, and even she was saying, okay, we missed a lot, or I missed a lot from the book that we missed. So all that just to say, sure, you can pick it up, and I still really enjoyed the story that, that uh, we listened to, but you will get so much more out of it if you read them in order because the characters remain. They, like You get so much in terms of the story arcs. Like Molly, holy crap, you get a ton of story arc development. I, I, one would assume, based on what I saw and what winds up happening later on, there's a lot of crap missing in the middle there that I'd like to know <laughs> what happened. See, it's interesting because uh, Butcher has said he has plans for the series. I think he said he has 20 books planned before he gets into the end game, as he calls it. And, and looking back, you can really see like the first 10 or so books are very much laying the foundation of the world because a lot of those are really good self-contained stories that, yeah, you get more out of them if you read them in order, but you can really pick them up wherever you want and not be too lost because it 
it's still establishing the world. But by the time book 12 hits, like 12, 13, and 14, jump the storyline forward in such massive leaps, you really can't jump in there. Like maybe uh, with the latest one, book 15, you can kind of step in a little better, but those three books specifically are so hugely important to the overall storyline that that, that's not a place you want to jump in at. I'm looking forward to reading those (laughs) because now I know some of the outcome. And it's like, okay, I need to know what happened. So anyways, that is going to wrap it up for this brief episode. Like we've said, check this out if you have not. It is a ton of fun and maybe, maybe one day we will get another season. I would really love that or even a movie out of it or something. God, somebody do something with this IP because it's Have you seen some good. of the, the fan fan uh, films that have been made online? I tend to avoid those. <laughs> but no, I have not. Actually really good. Like, really? I think it was uh, when the last book came out, uh, Butcher's Publishing Company actually approached the group to do a fan film trailer for the latest book. Oh, that's awesome. Like, of course, it's low budget and cheesy, but it's also a lot of fun. It's Dresden. <laughs> That's that's their motto. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> All right, so you can check us out on Twitter. I am Zen Buddhist, and he is Samodian. Of course, you can go to the site at popcornronin.com. Leave us your comments. If there's anything you'd like us to check out, make sure to let us know. You can also find us, of course, on iTunes and Stitcher. On our next episode, we are going to be covering the latest Star Trek, Star Trek Beyond, which I'm assuming from your Twitter you actually went and saw? I did. I caught it uh, yesterday. It was pretty awesome. I was blown away, to be perfectly honest. (laughs) So it will be an interesting conversation, and that will be in a couple of weeks. Thanks for listening. For more movie, TV, and anime reviews, please make sure to stop by popcornronin.com and leave the guys your thoughts in the comments. And lastly, thanks to Manelli Jamal for the show's theme music. We encourage everyone to check out his site, manellijamal.com, or find him on iTunes and help support this incredible musician by picking up his CDs.